0: The rain, which has been lashing on and off all day, lets up just a little bit as we cross the pass and head into a wonderland of jumbled rock, tawny grasses flattened by the wind, and mist rising to reveal a huge V in the mountains ahead. A waterfall, loud even from here, wends its way down into the valley that we will soon cross. I take a few pictures and selfies, then I fall behind the group, brightly colored pack covers turning from side to side as each tramper picks their way down and around the eroded path. Though to be honest, there really is no path exactly. It's more of a suggestion marked by tall poles jammed into the rock, orange tips marching down the side. I catch up to them at a cliff edge. The only way down, it would seem, to down-climb, a technique in rock climbing where you face the rock and reverse the order of what you would do going up. Of course, you would usually be roped when rock climbing, and you likely wouldn't be carrying a pack and walking sticks. The others are already down below, and so I know it's doable. But the rock is slippery, and my hands are cold, even in gloves— I hesitate, knowing one slip, and this trip is over. Or even I might be over. Come on, don't be such a girl, Russell yells. Um, I am a girl. And I'm assessing the situation, thank you very much. I throw down my sticks below to a stunned reaction. What'd you do that for? So I can use my hands. And then I flip myself around, find the hand and footholds, and work my way down like a ladder. You're listening to The P-RAG, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-RAG shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-RAG podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. Also, Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. I've been sharing my walk of New Zealand's Te Araroa on the PRAG. I'm on day 84 and well into the South Island. This section is called Nelson Lakes National Park and takes me over three days from St. Arno to Boyle Village. Starting was a bit of a drama when the weather forecasted rain squalls and severe gale. But I was encouraged by the experts at the Department of Conservation to just keep moving because rather than a real storm with heavy downpours or snow, this was actually manageable, at least in theory. I climbed easily yesterday over Traverse Saddle, but was practically blown over by the wind, and then I wiped out on mud coming down and bent my trekking pole, which seems so far to be usable. The trail is smarter than the one who walks on it. (laughs) Sunny skies yesterday are now gray, and rain spatters the window as we all begin to stir at Blue Lake Hut. I look outside, and the mountains are hidden in mist, though the wind seems to have stilled. I mean, that could just be because we're tucked into a hollow. I walk over to Russell, still nestled in his upper bunk. Why are you shaking your head? We're going, he says. But I'm skeptical, telling him, I'll head to the Long Drop or the Outhouse— and check the weather on my GPS first. It's wet, but it's not quite as bad as it looks. The forecast gives no report on wind. It's kind of odd, with 110 kilometers per hour expected. And it shows that rain chances are decreasing throughout the day. I wonder if the forecast is for the mountain or for the valley. The part that we're going to be going down? Yeah. 100 or 200 meters. We're all up by now making breakfast and packing. One strange couple of American and South African place themselves right by my bunk in such a way that I can't pack. They talk about the pass and camping near it, but they seem kind of flaky. I just want to get over the pass. There's no need to stay up there. Our group is definitely not flaky. Rain, wind, no matter. We are determined. Russell's already dressed, including his wool cap and tramping boots. And I suggest we consider not just going for the sake of going, but to actually see the views. To which Russell points out, well, it's clearing. A little ish. We all sit around the long table with benches—Kachka, Kuba, Tomáš, Alessio, Russell, Will, and me— talking nervously before finally deciding to leave at 8.30 a.m. And once the decision is made, and I cram in more calories and water and chuck on even more layers, it starts to bucket down rain. Not the most helpful sign, but the momentum is moving forward. Russell says we should all stick together and watch out for one another. He makes Will the trip leader, even though Will is still waffling on whether to come with us. But Will is also swept into the momentum, seven trampers in full rain gear heading uphill on the dam below Lake Constance. And just like that, the rain stops and the views open up. Stunning, huge, like a painting, and actually even more beautiful under swirling mist. There's maybe a football field of cruising before we hit a wall of scree, an orange pole marker far away at the top. So up we go, ignoring the fact that this climb gains us no altitude, as we'll have to come right back down slippery, ball-bearing, trip-hazard pebbles to a rocky beach. The only other choice to get around is to swim. Or maybe a boat. The wind pushes me sideways, gusting around my ears. I can hardly breathe from the climb or the wind pressing at my mouth. Lake Constance is aqua with sharp cliffs holding it in place. Light green and pale, eroding avalanche trails of scree. Tiny bits of snow hold fast on seams and I can't imagine staying longer than to take a picture or two. The path is steep back down the other side of the moraine, but up ahead I see the river's source and the tiny pass slightly higher than where we're standing. We reach the headwaters fed by dozens of waterfalls and walk through thick and wet grass, jumping from rock to rock over rapids, back a few steps up the valley for seemingly no reason, then finally... Hanging a left and cracking straight up. It's not always on rocks, thankfully, but it's on dirt steps carved out by thousands of boots. Alessio and Tom fly right up, but I'm right behind them. Up is definitely my forte. I have mountain goat in my jeans. Of course, the wind picks up and it begins to drizzle as we hunker behind a rock for a few sips of water before the final push. I begin to shiver, and I need to move. So Tom joins me for the last push. That lovely, tall Czech athlete hangs back and says, Go on, letting me get to the top first. (laughs) Does that ever feel good? The tiny pass is all mine, looking down the other side to more glorious mountains. We stay just a moment in the wind for a few pictures of triumph, then head right down an easy trail at first that turns to slanty rock and scrambling. I take far too many selfies, so I lag a bit behind and everyone is under the mini rock climb. Kochka goes front first, not bothered by her sticks or backpack pushing her forward. But I climb down like a ladder, unwieldy with my pack, but eventually arriving at even more tricky footwork over rock, scree, mud, bush-hidden holes, and bubbling streams. The Wai'au-Ufa River takes a sharp turn into the valley, cutting a jagged canyon with huge rushing waterfalls into crystal-clear water. Now the group breaks up as we get closer to the hut, but there are still a few avalanche fields to cross as well as rivers. Alessio and Will jump them, but I don't trust my footing, so I plunge right in. It's cold and fast as I move slowly like a giant animal with my sticks. At the next crossing, Will takes a risky jump and just makes it, but Alessio falls in. I just start crying. Scared, overwhelmed, needing help but not wanting to be a burden. I'm sure it's all just the tension of the day and the risks piling up, which cause me to blubber. But finally, the trail eases onto grassy floodplain meadows, and so do my tears. Wyo Hut is not too far down this glorious meadow, a valley of mountains, the sun shining on a far distant range. Gotta be quick. Lots of sand, do, 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 Hello, do. how are ya? What have you done with Will? He's hanging out. Hanging out. What part out? Eight of us, sleeping on bunks, benches, uh, and the floor, share the space, swatting thousands of sandflies until we discover a gap in the door that we tape shut <laughs> with duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> Do they leave any beer? No. you going to bring some venison back to order so you get me?: They are. Yeah. Will leans over to me at one point and says, you know, it's okay to need help. It's okay to cry. And remember, no one walked this for you. You're listening to The P Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo middle-aged female hiker, I want to empower you to learn to hike your own hike too. You can always subscribe to The P Rag wherever you get your podcasts, and if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review and a rating that helps others discover the podcast. <laughs> This time, I'm awakened by Kuba's alarm. Usually it's just the sunrise that gets me up, but last night there was a full moon that shined brightly once it cleared the mountains. I even slipped out of my bunk to see its light illuminate this stunning valley of straw-colored grass and towering peaks. I pack and leave as usual alone with a quick goodbye. I'm gonna miss Will, who won't walk as far as me today. And Russell, too a retired sparker from Palmy, translation electrician from Palmerston North. He does have a tendency to tease relentlessly, quick with the cutting remarks. I got to admit, it is a bit much for me. But he also hands out compliments, mentioning that yesterday will take an entire chapter in the book he's writing for his grandchildren. It was indeed a great day. He also tells me that Everyone was scared on that one tricky down climb on the cliff. They just don't talk about it all that much. He admits even he was petrified, saying that he'd wish he'd thrown his sticks over the cliff just like I did. I'm always surprised that others feel like I do. Afraid, nervous, insecure, and vulnerable— I think I'm far too hard on myself sometimes, and I'm definitely a loudmouth and let everyone know how I feel. Yesterday, Will and I spoke about friendship and the competing needs to be alone and to be together. I did come alone to hike, but the theme running through this entire adventure is the need to fit in, to belong, and to be cared for. What amazes me is how people come in and out of my story. They appear just when they're needed. I don't really know if I'll ever see Will again, as he'll head back to Australia soon. And Russell is purposely slowing down so he can meet his wife in a few days. So we likely won't walk together on this trail. But they both touched me deeply, and they helped me too. But just as I feel warm and fuzzy, Russell mimics my singing, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, changing the last line to... Allison's going away. <laughs> well, the trail takes me on, a small jog through forest, before cruising on the wide meadow next to the river. Grasses in vermilion and saffron dance in the gusts. Purple, pink, white, and yellow flowers dot the fields. The sky is clear, with clouds resting on the peaks. On the North Island, I had an intimate relationship with mud. On the south, it's water, with streams and rivers up to my knees crossed all day long. There's just no way to stay dry on the South Island. And right around the time that the sun peaks over the mountains, I crossed 2,000 kilometers walked. That's just a thousand to go. A man approaches me on horseback, telling me they're bringing in wild horses up the valley and preparing to sell them. So we're going to need to hide in the bush as they pass, bush which consists of thorny trees way off the trail. As I hunker down, I eat some meat, then nuts, sip a little bit of water. But after about 45 minutes of waiting, I get impatient, and I decide to just start walking, thinking I can simply leap into the bush as they come stampeding around the corner. Well, that's not going to be that simple, as the ground is lumpy with rocks, hidden holes, and spiky plants. And just then, the horses come. Twenty-one beautiful chestnut animals, black manes flying as they run in a pack. But they're far, far away, about a mile away, on the other side of the river. Well, I guess it's all clear to hike, and I march on in this lovely valley, a few small side channels leading to snow-capped mountains. The others catch me up, Kuba finding the gloves I left behind, much better than the pink dishwashing gloves they used in rain. Will is far behind, having asked to walk alone. He shares a book that he's reading that explores the idea of being called to adventure. It's certainly true for me, this need to get out of my life briefly and see if I have it in me to walk a long trail. Will tells me that we need to make decisions with compassion, for ourselves, but also for others that we might hurt when needing to take care of ourselves. I ponder this on the long walk to the first hut, how I do what's right for me and still act with grace and compassion. I've often been called selfish and uncompromising. I wonder if understanding why people would say that while holding on to my convictions is even possible. At Ann Hut, the group assembles for lunch with a spectacular view. We laugh about the annoying, dreadlocked Canadian heading north who joined us last night and acted like he owned the hut. Russell says he's a man used to getting his way. And I begin to realize that Russell might not like assertive people very much. I move on slowly to the next hut, and Alessio passes me, asking if I'm going to be okay. He's sincere, and he even asks twice. You know, that's the first time anyone has asked how I'm doing on this entire walk. The trail wanders up a new valley, with land folding over itself against the river. It reminds me of Tuolumne Meadows in Yosemite, as the wind gusts and a few sprinkles hit me from a sun shower. The ever-present beach, this time a varietal with a white-gray trunk, fanning branches and tiny waxy leaves, seems to be sculpted by a bonsai master, each arm gently holding up its greenery like a tray of delicacies. I cross the gentle saddle and plunge down into a new valley with a boil river to my right. Here I take a wrong turn onto the horse path and wade through North Island-esque mud, a too clean hiker pointing out my mistake at the junction. I drop into more meadows and tree-covered dams before finally reaching a swing bridge over to a large hut. There's just enough daylight and energy for dinner and washing up as fast as possible to avoid nasty bites from the swarming sandflies. <laughs> the poet May Sarton wrote, Loneliness is the poverty of self. Solitude is the richness of self. These past two days combined both being alone and feeling full, but also needing to be together and feeling safe. Long-distance through hikes are a funny thing for me. I crave my alone time. I need it. And I've been learning to trust myself. But I also want to fit in, and I want to be wanted, and I want to be cared for, too. Alessio asks me again at the hut how I am and what my plans are going forward. I'm surprised he seems truly interested, and I'm glad because tomorrow the trail takes us into Canterbury, famous for its river crossings that can be extremely dangerous. Perhaps I won't have to try it on my own. It's getting darker each day as we approach the end of January, so I tuck into my bag on the upper bunk. And Alessio sleeping nearby, is already snoring. You can subscribe, rate, and review The PRAG at Apple Podcasts, and you can also find out more about my long walks on the Te Araroa, as well as the PCT and other trails all around the world. It's at theprag.com. And the music you're listening to? That is me playing the flute. It's available on iTunes. Next week, I head into Canterbury and all the wild river crossings, and Alessio and Tom are right by my side. I mean, I'm not walking quite as fast as them, but I'm still holding my own. Until then, my friends, kiakaha and happy trails.